Welcome to the Warning Track Power Hour. I'm Andrew Gaff. He's Mike Werman. Today we're going to talk about the NFL's Week 11 recap, um, update our ongoing betting competition, talk just a little bit about the Royals' planned move to downtown Kansas City, downtown. Uh, and then we'll, and then we'll um, get into the NFL's Week 12 preview with some new picks. Uh, Mike, Week 11's in the books. Chiefs had a close win over the Chargers. There were a bunch of like really crazy games on uh, this last week. Good teams, supposedly good teams, looking terrible. Some mm-hmm. really inept games. And some and some pretty decent performances. Uh, what uh, what did you find most interesting from Week Eleven? Yeah, it's it's. I think it's one of those weeks where you saw the teams that everybody thought were surprising turned out to be maybe what everybody really thought they were and that they weren't that good like both New York teams lost and neither one was terribly competitive and neither game like neither opponent was terribly good either although Mm. the Patriots are starting to rack up some wins now but you know the Giants lost handily to not so good Detroit team of us maybe Mike maybe we'll call it a surging Detroit Lions team they won three in a row that's right now uh the that, now that's actually a streak yeah <laughs> even by non-NFL standards right yeah the Vikings looked just terrible mm. terrible against the Cowboys who haven't appeared to be really that good any game this season they've won some games but they've you know they've lost been close and late usually yeah and and their offense hasn't been so good they don't know you know when even when prescott was has been playing their offense hasn't been very good and they've and they've turned the ball over they don't really know who their running back should be their wide receiving core is much depleted from last year even um we also saw the eagles struggle Mm-hmm. against nearly lost Indianapolis I, I guess I guess we could also say well we saw the Chiefs struggle in Indianapolis too and they actually lost the Eagles didn't um although maybe you blame the referees on the officials uh, in the Chiefs game a little bit more than you might the Eagles loss uh, there was a wasn't there wasn't there a controversial face mask penalty in the Eagles uh, Colts game as well or where the I'm not sure. Uh, I was maybe it was a different game. I was thinking. Um, I just know that I just know the um, yeah the Eagles scored very late to take the lead. Yeah, and they did most of their scoring in the fourth quarter, just to get into position to win. Oh yeah, the Eagles did have a, a missed face mask penalty. Uh, Eagles oh, defensive. Should... There was a sack on. Um, Matt on Matt Ryan when the Eagles were losing, uh, and the missed personal foul call would have resulted in Indianapolis moving into the red zone. They had to kick a field goal instead, and had they scored a touchdown, then Philadelphia would not have. Mm. So they benefited from a missed face mask call, and they, I guess, hurt by a missed face mask call in, in successive weeks. But um, seems yeah, to be Eagles a lot missed missed calls on fairly blatantly obvious things yeah 
It's a, it's a um, thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think I think that was somewhat interesting. Some of those results were interesting, um, and I think there were there were quite a few upsets. Uh, I think last week that were not predicted. We mentioned a couple of them, but I think also I think the Falcons beating the Bears was a surprise. And especially given the way the Bears have been playing, although they haven't been winning a lot of games, they've been um, they've been competitive. Mm-hmm. Um, the Rams have continued their free fall, and they're not looking we'll see, good. Let's hope it continues next week against the Chiefs. It's, uh, but yeah, the it seems like we're starting to see the contenders separate themselves a bit from the. So-called pretenders. Um, what, what, what did you notice this past week? Well, I thought the, the like the 49ers, I think, have moved into like their division lead now. Um, where there's kind of pretty solid win over over Arizona. Yeah, that I kind of changes that, the outlook for the playoff predictions, at least anyway, by with that and the um and Seattle's bye week, I guess, right? Yes, Seattle had been really on top of the division from the very outset, mm-hmm. and but they lost at San Francisco week two, and that was really when San Francisco turned around because that's when Garoppolo became quarterback, and they've been um, doing fairly well. They've lost a few games here and there, but now they had some injuries and things like that, and now they're starting to get healthier, and McCaffrey. The McCaffrey and acquisition has a lot Elijah to do with it. both have been solid in the backfield. So, um, yeah, I think... It seems to be their division to lose. To lose now, I, I think. I think that. Although I guess they will have to play at Seattle later in the mm. year, so I guess Seattle still could um, have something yeah, to when, say. But, yeah. When is, is that coming up soon, or is that late? It is four weeks, apparently. Yeah, week. Yeah, it's it's uh, December fifteenth. Yeah. At Seattle, it looks like a thir- It'll be a Thursday night game. Okay. So who knows? Their schedule doesn't look super tough. Got a couple of games. Seattle. Um, 49ers. Uh, the 49ers will play the Dolphins and the Buccaneers. Mm-hmm. They have the three weeks in a row. Those like they could be pretty tough, but then. And maybe even the Commanders <laughs> might be a tough game, depending on how they're doing. But then uh, the end... Commanders are actually in the playoff spot. Right now. Oh no, they're just outside. Yeah. They're right behind Seattle. So yeah, not quite. So that could Maybe be close. a so they could be trying to chase a playoff uh spot. Yeah, yeah they're six and five. They're only half game out. Surprisingly, Atlanta is only is five and six. They're 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 right behind the commanders. And Detroit is now 10th place in the NFC ahead of Green Bay, although they've only played 10 games to four and six to Green Bay sports. So. But now, now that um, Minnesota has shown some weakness, does Green, is Green Bay back in the picture to win the division? <laughs> I don't think so. Although technically they're only four and a half games out right now. They still would need to beat the Vikings mm-hmm. at home. And basically, I would say win out, probably. They, they more or less need to win out. Right? I think if they do, 
could they win out? Well, maybe that's the question. Could they win out? Well, yes, yeah, so bad against the schedule. Well, they have possible. to. They, they have to, to beat. The they have to beat the Eagles. Yeah, they're at Philadelphia, and then in three weeks after that, they're at Miami. Mm-hmm. So those two games, plus the Vikings, they would have to win. Plus at Chicago, home against the Rams, home against the Lions in the last week of the season. So I guess you could say, well, maybe that Lions game would be the um, game to decide the playoffs, depending on how well the Lions do. They've won three in a row, so maybe they're going to have be uh, winners of you know five or six in a row, uh, eight in a row by that point. Who knows? Um, I don't. I I don't see it. I think. I think uh, Minnesota will. I don't think Minnesota is very good, but I think they're still going to win that division. All they have to do is win two A more games. Years. Two more games, really. Uh, yeah. Three more. Although their schedule is not the easiest, they played the Patriots on Thanksgiving. Home against the Jets, who are technically still a playoff-ish team. Uh, the I think I think the Jets have moved out of playoff position. I think uh, Philadelphia. I mean, I mean uh, Cincinnati has taken uh, the spot in the AFC away from the Jets. That's correct. And they play Lions, Colts, who are both somewhat frisky. The Giants, who are again maybe fraudulent, just like the Jets are fraudulent, but currently in a playoff spot. Currently in a playoff position at Green Bay at Chicago. So I guess it's possible that um, you see a swoon from the Vikings. I don't. I think they built it up enough cushion that it was not going to happen. I think they'll at least go two and five and finish 10 and seven. And I think if they finish 10 and seven, they don't have to worry about the Packers. So I think, I don't that, think could, they, that could be the record that the Packers have though. If they, if yeah. They if they win out. Yeah. Um, In which case, I don't know where the tiebreaker falls because they would, they would have split. Bears yeah. Right? We can, we can dig, dig deeper into that. Let's see. <laughs> Yeah, because the Packers lost to the Vikings in Week One, so they would have they would be one and one head head to head. One to one, yeah. So uh, right, now, right the, now, anyway. So right now, the Vikings are three and zero in the division. Mm. The worst they could be in the division would be three and three, and the Packers are one and two in the division. So I guess they could finish four and two in the division. Mm-hmm. And beat Minnesota. So if they if they both finish ten and seven, and Minnesota lost all of its division g- games remaining, and Green Bay won all of its division games remaining, yeah. Green Bay could there's, have the tiebreaker. There's the scenario. That's the scenario. And I think that's really the only. Although you maybe you'd say, well, if they finish ten and seven, they would make a playoff spot regardless whether they won the division or not. True. Yeah, um, it would depend on what the other teams did, but. Sure. I could, yeah, I could, it's, I think it's, so I would say if so we could say though, if the Packers finished 10 and seven and the Vikings finished 10 and seven, I don't know if either of them get knocked out. Maybe the Vikings mm. because the Packers would have the superior, the Packers would win the tiebreaker, I think, mm-hmm. because they would, 
if they won out, they would have to be four and two. And right. um, the best that Minnesota could be, they'd win. If, if I guess they could be also be four and two in the division, if they mm. happened to win only their division games and lost all the other games. Yeah. That would be interesting. Then, then it has to go down to conference record and stuff like that. And, um, right now, the Vikings have lost both of their games in conference. Yeah, they're six and two in conference games. And so, if they won the division, their division games, uh, they would have lost. <laughs> One, two. They would have only lost two more conference games because they play the Jets, the Colts, and the Patriots. So three of their seven games remaining are conference is, are, are, are non-conference. Are a non-conference. So they have a lot of non-conference games left. They only have four more conference games. And the Packers have... Well, we know they have three... Division games left. Packers have three division games left. They have one. They only have one non-conference conference. Um, only one non-conference game. One non-conference, yeah. So they, they would have more conference games than Minnesota has. I like. think a lot of the. Oh no, makes it that makes it even. Yeah, they've only. They've only I'd, I'd, have, we'd have to, I'd, have, I'd have to look more closely. <laughs> it's one of those things where I don't think it's going to happen. But I guess it is, it is in the realm of possibility. And is this is this where you say, well, we can't play Jordan Love yet because we still want. They're still they're still alive, so there's no reason to abandon all hope at this point. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, I think if the, if especially yeah, if if Dallas if the Dallas game had turned out differently. Mm -hmm then maybe you'd say it's over. Though still, I guess Green Bay would have a tiebreaker against Dallas if they finished with the same record. I guess they beat Dallas. And they've also beaten Chicago, which doesn't really matter for tiebreakers. They beat the Buccaneers as well, but the Buccaneers, I think the only way they're going to get in is by winning the division. Win the division, yeah. So it's what, yeah, I, I guess the, I guess, um, I'm going to check out 538 and see what the, see what the playoff odds for, um, the, uh, Packers is right. 6% chance they say, which is higher than I would have guessed. Yeah. Well, I mean, we figured out a route without too much yeah. work. There winning out, basically. Plenty of games left, so it's not. Yeah, uh, winning winning out. I think I guess that does it for them. Yeah. Um, the Vikings, however, they have as a ninety nine percent chance of making the playoffs. That makes sense. I mean, they should they should they only need to go like two and five, like you said. That that should give them plenty of wins to to get into the playoff picture, at least as a wild card team, anyway. Mm -hmm. And right now they have the Chiefs. Uh, 538 has the Chiefs greater than 99% of winning, making the playoffs, greater than 99% of winning the division. First round by 58% right now. Wow. 23% Super Bowl. Wow. Well, they, they are in the driver's seat for the division. Um, what, 
what stood out to you about the the Chiefs win? Well, I think I think the fact that the Chiefs overcame again kind of overcame some blunders that maybe could have gotten them into a bigger hole at the end of the first half. Uh, the Pacheco um, kickoff return that, you know, ended up being at the six yard line rather than the 40 yard line and the Chiefs went three and out. And then that included a, a drive that um, uh, would have ended. However, uh, Herbert was hit out of bounds by uh, Nick Bolton to give them another 15 yards, which could have led to a touchdown drive. And then also the Chargers were going to get the ball first in the second half. So that could have been basically three touchdowns in a row that the mm. Chargers could have scored, and it would have really put the Chiefs behind the eight ball. Um, I think I know you thought that, that that Bolton hit was not really worthy of a penalty, given that it was just really sort of a nudge, but yeah, it was on the sideline, it was out of bounds and in front of the Chargers sideline and on Herbert. So it was maybe hard to see that not get called the way it happened but what do you think well i mean they mahomes has that happen to him basically weekly and they rarely throw the flag on that so i i don't like that they called it but i'm biased towards the chiefs obviously um Mm -hmm. but uh i don't think he really i mean it was his first step out of bounds when he was pushed so I think by rule, I don't think they're supposed to throw the flag on that. Um, but you also should push them when they're on their way out anyway, in theory, too, to just to make sure that the officials don't throw that flag. <laughs> so yeah, I think I, I think you, getting, you can justify, you know, you know, brushing up against them. And but uh, I mean, he did go flying, so they're probably going to throw the flag. <laughs> Right. I would like to see them call it that way every single time they do it. That happens with against everybody with all of you know any player yeah. just in that scenario. Yeah, I, I think really it was yeah, that was gonna get called. And it seemed like it was it wasn't the wrong call, but you've seen that wrong you've seen the wrong call get made. It yeah. seems like it happens a lot against the Chiefs the way um Mahomes he doesn't he doesn't tend to get the benefit of the Roughing calls in the way that some other quarterbacks mm. do, which is a little surprising, I think. Uh, but and I'm not quite sure why. But they had, he had one picked up last week, the week before, mm-hmm. I guess, week ten. And yet, um, and there was a face mask that could have been called on him this uh, when it wasn't quite a grab, but it was like a, a scrape across the face mask. Yeah. And yeah, I, but I, I guess I'm surprised. I'm, I'm happy that the Chiefs overcame that. They also had, you know, an untimely fumble by McKinnon that could have, you know, when they were going to maybe seal the deal, they could have mm. really salted the game away, uh, but they almost gave the game away. And and also just playing without any of their uh, wide receiving, top wide receiving options, probably you might say the top three wide receivers, at, by, at least by the second quarter, were out of the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Miss Schuster didn't play, neither did Hardman, and then uh, Kadarius Tony uh, was was injured. So it was a uh, it was just you know Mahomes. It was the Mahomes and Kelsey show uh, towards the end. Uh, mm-hmm. Kelsey didn't have a great first half. He dropped a couple of passes, mm-hmm. and you know, but that but it seems like usually by the end of the game that they're they're on the same page. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I that was it was an impressive step up too. I thought that yeah, but Fortson had that 
great catch. Um, I don't even know how he saw the ball, let alone got a hold of it. Yeah, it was just a perfect throw right into him, basically. And he happened to have his hands out and ready for it. Yeah. I don't. Yeah, that was one of Mahomes' best throws of this of the season, I think. Yeah, um, but yeah, I think the Chiefs were. The Chargers always give the Chiefs their best shot. They were starting to become healthier. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike Williams got hurt kind of in, again in the middle of the game. Um, I think maybe they rushed him back. He made a really great catch, but then, but then I guess it hurt his ankle while he landed. So trying to keep yeah, yeah. keeping his feet in bounds. It looked like mm-hmm. his yeah maybe same he had ankle to... that was injured may have been aggravated. Yeah, yeah maybe he had to contort his his feet in an uncomfortable way that. Um, you know, resulted in the first, like if he had, maybe if he hadn't tried to get that first down, maybe that he would have been fine. Um, so, yeah, the Chiefs were a little bit, I think, fortunate, but they also, and they, when the Chargers play the Chiefs, they get, they, they tend to get the best game. Mm-hmm. Chargers, and, you know, it's a division. And, and, the, and the Chiefs had the road. really good um, run game, finally, too. That's the first time in quite a while they'd had, 100-yard rusher, apparently, since was it really last season? Week four of last season, I think. Yeah. It's surprising. Yeah, so they, yeah, um, I guess Clyde Lair got hurt, if you think that's a, if you think that was a detriment or a positive, maybe that gave Pacheco the ball more. He didn't, I mean, he didn't play hardly at all last week, so it wasn't surprising that um, you know, they didn't seem to need him in the game i guess as much and this one yeah. they, didn't, they were relying on him at least for um you know a lot of playmaking ability yeah so. he had a couple of he had one good carry mm-hmm. he, he had two carries for nine yards uh, i think one of those is like a seven or eight yard run yeah. the other one was. but so yeah but that was a you know i guess you might be seeing ronald jones next week it'd be surprising if they don't activate him yeah, although they do have Wayne Gallman on the practice squad, the former Giants running back. So, you know, who knows? But I think I think they got to activate Jones. Mm-hmm. If not, they would have released him already. Right. So but yeah, no one else Chiefs... tried to claim him off of the. Well, he's, he's on the active roster, so no one can tra- no one can no one can make a claim. He'd have to be traded since he's on the active roster. Mm. He's just been a healthy scratch. Oh, okay. That's okay. That's how it is. That's right. Got it. Yeah. Yes. It's a little surprising too, um, but I think yeah, the Chiefs' defense came up big in the right in the right spots. Uh, they're they're getting much more of a pass rush lately. It seems mm-hmm. like so it seems like they're on their way up uh, in a lot of ways. Although the game was very close, and you, and, and one of those things where you know had the ball bounced a little differently on on Herbert's last pass. They still could have maybe gotten into field goal range. You don't know. So it's it's one of those things where, yeah, it's good the Chiefs win and they have Mahomes. But it seems like maybe they rely too much on Mahomes to bail them out in big situations. Like a lot of, you know, they need a lot of third down and long conversions of the game. And Mahomes is pretty good at getting those. But they put themselves into that position by, you know, I think they do a lot of the sequencing of plays. I have, mm-hmm. I sometimes have with, I've talked, we've talked about this before, where they, they they like to run on both second and long and second and short, which I think in general are not good running downs, and they do it anyway a lot, and mm. it doesn't 
Sometimes it works out, but it seems like more often than not, if it's second and long, it's also going to be third and long because they run it and they only get a yard or two. And then they have to say, oh, it's third and eight. Let's like let's make Mahomes do something on third and eight. And 75% of the time he does and it's fine, but it's tough to just think, okay, we can be third and eight every time. Just make Mahomes do something. Um, if it's second and eight, if it's second and 10, at least you have two chances for Mahomes to do something. And, mm. um, you know, it's I think it's a better... Those are better odds to me than giving him, you know, making him, you know, you're, you're basically tying one arm behind his back, basically, mm. because there's only that option. So, well, they could always do some of those other, like, not just a traditional, like, inside handoff kind of play. They could do, you know, at least some kind of, you know, motion play, like they, motion, they do screen pass, well, something, screen passes, and just yeah. any, anything that's like just not a traditional, like, handoff up the middle. Yeah. yeah. It'd be nice to see that more on those down, those particular downs. Definitely, the, the defense is so much improved though this season that that uh, it it just seems like the um, they haven't gotten a lot of forced turnovers so far this year. I think no. random. I think it seems some, it seems like that kind of thing will come. It just hasn't yet. Some of that's random. I think part of that also is because the secondary is so young; they don't make a lot of interceptions, mm-hmm. and that's where you get. I think. Seems like turnovers are probably half fumbles, half interceptions. They haven't had very many interceptions at all. Yeah. They force some, they force a number of fumbles, but um, yeah, it's been mostly. Yeah, I think the 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 pass defense hasn't been very good because of the youth of the secondary, and I don't think the safety play has been outstanding, especially if it's not Thornhill or Reed back there. If they could you know, cook. Rookie is not, I think he's not quite as good a safety as some of the other corners are. Rookies are playing as a corner so far. So it's, it's, yeah. It, the defense, though, like the linebacking is much better. The defensive mm-hmm. line looks much better this year. So, you know, I think, I think they're on the way up. And then, like the last several years, even if they started out poorly, they got better as the season went on. At least they were passable by the end of the season. And this year they started out pretty, pretty, close to where they were at the end of the previous season yeah they'd, they'd always seem like they'd um you know the, the defense would come up they give up a ton of yards in previous years but they'd somehow get a turnover when it mattered that was kind of how they yeah lived. and this and year this they year haven't they... gotten those turnovers for the most part but because yeah, they're still i think minus three on the season even which is a little surprising to be eight and two and negative in the turnover yeah, definitely. Um, that doesn't that doesn't seem to happen very often. No, there's there's usually a pretty strong correlation between. Yeah, I think that's what that's why it seems like the Eagles have done so well this year because they are winning the turnover battle by so many, um, and that they aren't. But like, uh, if you look at the Chiefs, Chiefs in yards per game, they're very much middle of the pack. I think they're 18th in yards per game, 349 yards a game allowed. Um, the 49ers are number one with 283. The Eagles are number two with 300, and the Broncos. So they are they're only about they're averaging only about 70 more yards per game than um, San Francisco. But you know the Chiefs ran all went all over San Francisco and and you know didn't have any problem against. They, they seem like they haven't had any problem with tough defenses 
other mm. than um, Tennessee, which by in terms of yardage is almost identical with um, the Chiefs. They've the Chiefs have allowed two more yards across ten games than the Titans have, and we think of the Titans as having a very good defense. Mm-hmm. Um, partly because I think the Chiefs allow a lot of passing yards. They, they give up a, like a, a big play here. Well, and other teams are passing most of the time because they're playing from behind in some of those games. Yeah. The Chiefs are number f- passing yardage. It's um, because the Chiefs were ahead in the. Yeah. The Chiefs are up. number like, five. Like Tampa only ran the ball like six times in the whole game against the Chiefs. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. The Chiefs are number five in rushing yards per game allowed. Uh, and so they are and in passing yards per game, they are uh, 25th in passing, which isn't as bad as I thought maybe they would be. That's really not that bad. I don't I don't think. No, I don't think so either. Uh, given I mean, I mean the, the, probably the most important stat is points allowed per game. They're yeah. like lower. Lower the lower portion of the the middle third. <laughs> yeah, they're they're. Uh, that's not that's they're not twenty. Normal. They're twenty first in points allowed. We're tied for twenty first with um, Carolina. But yeah, tied with Carolina. That seems surprising, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. They're basically the same team, right? Yeah. But the teams that are like the biggest in scoring defense, um, you know, the Chiefs, like Dallas is 16.7. Chiefs haven't played them. New England and Denver all about 17. And then you have the 49ers, the Bills, and the Buccaneers, which the Chiefs have all played. Mm-hmm. They, scored, they scored 44 against San Francisco. They scored 41 against Tampa. They only scored 20 against Buffalo. But they, you know, it, it doesn't seem to make much of a difference. The defense, the level of defense that the Chiefs play, mm. and their offensive output, they they almost tend to just play down to the level of whatever the competition is. So, um, yeah, play down or play up to the level of the competition. Yeah. Well, how did um, how did we do in our our bets this week? Well, we neither of us were shut out, uh, which is maybe. Uh, well, we have to. Well, it says something positive. Um, you did a little better than I did. I was one and two. Uh, my lone win was an over under play. I did the uh, Browns Bills game that was, I think, over under 43. Mm-hmm. And I was saved somewhat because the game ended up being not in Buffalo where there were. In some place, some places, six, seven actually feet of snow, right, uh, and was moved instead into Detroit, into Ford Field. Um, and that game ended up being uh, 31-23 Buffalo, so it ended up being 54, so a decent over, but it was somewhat close towards the end. Uh, mm-hmm. And luckily, Cleveland was kind of scrappy enough to keep it close enough to force Buffalo to continue scoring, and for Cleveland to keep scoring, so. Um, that was my lone win, a third, uh, eight-point victory from the Bills against 
the Browns, 31-23 goes over by um, 11 points. Yes. I was happy about that. How old? Yes. What was your um, first bet? My first bet was was uh, a loss for me. I had the uh, I had the Giants minus three against Detroit, and the Giants laid laid a big egg in their game, not playing well at all, and uh, even score had to score late to get within two touchdowns. So they did not cover that. Yeah, <laughs> this is I, I remember we had been talking a little bit about the Giants being a kind of at first dark horse playoff candidate actually becoming a strong playoff candidate. Do we think this is really how good the giants are? They just aren't that good. And they've had a benefit of playing some weaker teams and winning a few close games here and there, or is this just a bad game? Well, they still had a pretty good quarterback performance from Daniel Jones. Looked like he had 340 yards passing. But I'm not sure what happened with their run game because, uh, yeah, Saquon Barkley had 22 yards on 15 carries, and that's um, yeah, I guess not they typically his performance anyway. Yeah, I guess um, they abandoned that, the run somewhat because they were so far behind. Mm, but so I mean, most um, of those runs are probably early, but that's not what yeah. he normally does. Jones did yeah. throw two. Jones did throw two interceptions. Mm. But he had two touchdowns, one rushing, one passing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know exactly what um, happened there. I think New York does not have – they don't have an off – other than Barkley, they don't really have any offensive playmakers. Uh, they traded probably their, their best one away to the Chiefs uh, because I think um, – uh, although Wandell Robinson had a good game, but I think he is he got injured that game too. So it, I don't. I think the Giants and the Jets. We'll we'll talk about the Jets in a second too because you bet on you bet the Jets game. Mm-hmm. I think they're both pretty similar. They both have decent to above average defenses, mm-hmm. probably below average offenses with below average quarterbacks. And I think the, I think Daniel Jones has proven right now at least to be a better quarterback than Zach Wilson has and if the if the game happens to be close if the defense plays well the offense can muster enough points but if if it's a game where the offense has to score i think the jets and the giants both are in trouble that seems like a fair assessment (laughs) yeah because the, the the lions scored 31 points and that's about average for them. They, 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 they and the Chiefs are about the highest scoring offenses mm-hmm. here. And the Lions this year have scored um, 31. They, they've lost to the Eagles 38-35. They lost to the Seahawks 48-45. to So when they score 31, they're not necessarily guaranteed a, a victory. The record's not that great when scoring big. Yeah. That's pretty, um, that's pretty odd. Yeah, their offense seems to be clicking again after a couple of bad weeks in a row. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it didn't have like it didn't look like they had a big performance from anybody. Um, Goff only still only had 165 yards and no touchdowns. Yeah, Jamal Williams had three rushing touchdowns, but he only only had 64 yards. 
Justin Jackson had 66. I guess so combined, they did have 160 rushing yards, but that doesn't really yeah. seem like that's enough yards to get 31 points. Yeah, there were three, and they had three turnovers, and then the um, well, the one, Giants, one of the touchdowns is on a short field. Yeah, the Giants turned the ball over three times. The, the Lions turned the ball over zero times. So maybe it's just a classic, you know, turnovers win ball games kind of game. Oh yeah, the second uh, the fumble that became it ended up becoming a touchdown. It was only a short field there too. Yeah, the Giants had a three-yard field. And then uh, after the touchdown, it was only an 18-yard field. So two of the touchdowns came on yeah. very, very short. The Giants had more total yards, 413 to 325. So it was a game where the Giants offense did fairly well, but they turned the ball over, I guess. So uh, maybe that – maybe that. I think you could say that loss was not as bad as the other New York team's loss, which you bet on, and you were happy on the winning, winning side of that. Tell, tell us about that. Yeah, I well, that was actually our game here in the Kansas City area in the in the early afternoon. Uh, so that game was the only televised game. <laughs> I saw the Bills Browns here. Yeah, you you had a better choice because um, the uh, Patriots Jets game was just atrocious. Like nobody could do anything like through the entirety of the game until the last thirty seconds or so. <laughs> Uh, and yeah, I had, so I had the Patriots minus three and it was looking like a push was fairly likely until that, yeah, punt return touchdown inside the yeah, last a minute. Push, a push at best probably because mm, the game was going to overtime and no team can score a touchdown. It was going to be probably a six to three game. Most likely. And maybe it actually should have been a six to three game given the block in the back there, penalty that happened. There was a fairly obvious block in the back penalty that was ignored. That but it was I actually, saw it live and it's like, yeah, I was waiting but, for the flag to come out and like it wasn't there. So I, I guess it was I'm the not, returner was already ahead of everybody, and it doesn't seem like that always matters. But yeah, it wasn't. It seemed very dumb. I don't know why they got pushed. There was no um, reason to make the contact. He wasn't going to catch. He wasn't going to catch the returner, Mm-mm. and even if he did, why, you know, let him catch it from behind? It's yeah, it was a stupid um, move by the Patriots. But they didn't throw the flag, so it didn't. It ended up not mattering. And again, uh, it led you to a, a an easy or a difficult one hundred dollars. <laughs> well, difficult to watch, but <laughs> nice. They should have paid anybody who watched that game probably one hundred dollars. I think. I think that's the Zach the right Wilson uh, defiant as ever in defeat, uh, saying that he did not um, think he let the defense, the Jets' defense, down by not by averaging uh, less than three inches per play in the second half what they had was it a total of two yards they had two yards on 27 plays or something like that that is not pretty yeah i think they um they only had 103 yards of offense the entire game right they didn't go over the 100 yard mark until the 59th minute of play (laughs) and uh and then they went backwards by like two yards after they crossed the hundred yard mark, um, and then punted and and then gave up the return touchdown. So <laughs> I'm Mac- fairly certain that uh, that this will be the defining moment of our betting competition for the whole year. If we finish <laughs> one game, that punt return is going to be it could be the difference maker. 
and I and I will make sure that that is uh, that we remember that when it comes up. Later. <laughs> yeah, the Jets had the 103 yards total offense. The Patriots had 297. Um, did oh the Patriots did miss a they missed a field they missed two field goals as well. So the Patriots should have. I guess the idea would be they'd beat ahead nine to three. Um, but here, here are the uh, possessions of the second half, though. Just I'll just I'll just read off the result of each possession for the second half. Okay. Okay. Punt, missed field goal. Punt, punt, punt. Turnover on downs. Punt, 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 punt. Punt return touchdown. Yeah. End of game. Yeah. <laughs> that is. That's not something anyone should be forced to watch. No. Now the missed field goals um, weren't terrible. It was a 44 yarder and a 43 yarder that were missed. So they weren't like 50 plus yard field goals that were missed. You'd think one of those would have gone in for Nick Folk, who's a pretty good kicker. Um, and, and nothing desperation end of half, end of game scenario either. It was uh, yeah, you know, and it wasn't it wasn't second. and it wasn't like a windy snowy game through. where you could say, well, nobody could just move. It was just one of those things, but. Yeah, that yeah. was just bad. Just terrible, yeah. Offensive and, and most Almost all of those drives in the second half were, um, you know, little to no yardage. Most of them were three and outs. Most of the punts were at, were three and outs. So, um, yeah, not not a pretty game. Uh, <laughs> but, but, I, but fortunate to win the bet. I'm happy with that. Yeah. Uh, how was uh, your, your second game? Well, I had – a much more entertaining game that I ended up losing on. I, I had picked Pittsburgh to cover against the Bengals. I didn't know if they'd win there, but they had four and a half points. I thought they could keep the game within a field goal. And for much of the game, they did. They played pretty well. They got TJ Watt back, but uh, it, it turned out that the Bengals offense was a little bit too much. And uh, the Bengals ended up pulling away and winning by a touchdown. 37 to 30. So at least it was an entertaining uh, game, but uh, the Bengals covered by two and a half points. So I was, that was a, that was a miss uh, for me. That was at least the entertaining uh, miss for me. Um, were there any, anything about the Bengals Steelers that struck you? Um, I think, well, I think the main thing was that, yeah, it was um, like at the end of the, um, at the end of the third quarter, it was still in your favor. And yeah, it was just the fourth, the fourth quarter. It was really the last yeah, it, five minutes of the game, even is where it where it officially turned. Yeah, uh, it was a, it was yeah. So that was just one of those things where um, I had maybe thought that Burrow was not going to be as productive without Jamar Chase, and it turned out that he threw a couple of picks, but he still got a lot of yards passing, four touchdown passes. So it, mm -hmm. it ended up being a you know a game where they. We're still um, productive on offense, maybe a little bit mm -hmm. more than I thought they would be. So, and I was, it was, yeah, that was a game where, you know, you never know about division games. They're always close, they're always tough. And Pittsburgh actually got kind of uh, stole one from Cincinnati in week one, where I think Burrow had five interceptions and a fumble. And it was sacked a, a bunch of times. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And their missed field goals all, all on both sides, you know, going to overtime. And, so yeah, you know that was just that just one of those games where I think I think my instincts were right, but it just happened to be a little. You know, that's why they make the lines where they do. It can fall on either side. Um, 
My third bet, however, was one of the more atrocious. <laughs> that was because I, I, I bet the Dallas um, Minnesota game. I thought, oh, Dallas is favored at Minnesota. Minnesota has been pretty good this year. They beat a tough Buffalo team. Dallas traveled to Green Bay, lost a tough game there. Didn't play particularly well. So I thought, seems like Minnesota is being undervalued here. They should be able to win. But no, they got blown out 40 to three. That was just a trouncing on both sides of the ball. And mm -hmm. yeah, I missed that one by 38 points. I think as, when we made when we made the bets, it had been, I think, Dallas by one. It ended up being like Dallas by two and a half or so. At kick so it seemed like the sharp money knew that Dallas was going to win. And I was... Uh, well, and Dallas had just come off of a not very good performance the week before. So they weren't necessarily looking like they were trending in the right direction, right? Yeah. And Minnesota had, had just won a big game against uh, Philly, giving Philly their first loss. No, it was Minnesota beat Buffalo. No, it beat Buffalo. That's right. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Yeah. In Buffalo, it's a strange game, but they kept, they kept it close against the Bills. Who I think are a better team than Dallas, and mm. it was, yeah, I, I just I didn't see I, I I wouldn't have been surprised had they lost, but I, I thought that at least it was better than a coin flip that they would win, so I I made that bet and that turned out to be, yeah, a thirty eight point I was off by thirty eight points <laughs> on that one, so I could have you know even if I had bet. Um, uh, Minnesota plus 36. <laughs> I still would have lost. Yeah, Kirk Cousins, though, only yeah, 105 yards. Still more yards than Zach Wilson. A quarterback, <laughs> yes. though. That's, is that, do you think he's thinking about that himself, or is he not happy with any of it? I, I don't think... He might. He may have looked. Through the, I think Kirk Cousins may have looked through the stats and said, "Oh, I, I'm not the lowest in terms of passing." But I don't think. I think if only Zach Wilson is worse than you, I still think it's probably not the, um, not something that really gave a lot of comfort to Cousins. But yeah. maybe this shows that Minnesota really is not the contender that it seems like it, maybe its record indicated. Maybe they're just more of a middle of the pack team that got lucky. You know, and maybe this is Dallas turning things around, but I still don't think Dallas is very good. I think, I I think the NSC is, um, it's it's going to run through Philadelphia, but I still I think I think I think San Francisco is going to be the best team at the end at the end at the end of the season, mm -hmm. even with Garoppolo at quarterback. Well, does, do you think that means that um, because? The Cowboys just beat Minnesota so badly, and, the, and uh, Minnesota had just beaten the uh, beaten the, the Bills by field goal. Does that mean that the Cowboys are actually forty points better than the Bills <laughs> if they if they if they face each other right now? Sadly, I don't. I don't think the transitive property usually works uh, in the NFL. I. I think if the Bills and Cowboys played on a neutral field, the Cow the Bills would be favored mm. over the Cowboys, and I think right rightfully so. I think they're a better team 
all across. Maybe their defense is not quite is not quite as good, but I think their quarterbacking and offense is much better than the Cowboys. Yeah, what do you what do you think the spread would be right now if they if they were to were to be facing each other on a neutral field? Buffalo by four, maybe. So then, if it was in Dallas, Buffalo would just be favored by like one, basically. One, I think so. I would bet Buffalo if, especially if Dallas were favored at home against Buffalo, I would bet Buffalo. I think Buffalo. I think Buffalo is the second best team in the NFL after the Chiefs, and I think they've proven they can beat the Chiefs. So it's not. It's so yeah. That's my. Oh, that's what I would say. As to the AFC, is might have the top four or five teams. I think Baltimore's up there. I think on a good day, Cincinnati's up there. I think maybe even Tennessee is up there. Miami might be up there. So it's, it's, I don't see the, um, I really, yeah, I, I don't, I don't see maybe Philadelphia and San Francisco are as good as some of those top teams, but I don't, I don't, um, their records would not be nearly as good if they, if they were playing in the AFC. But really the breaking news from this um from this conversation is that the transitive property doesn't apply <laughs> in the NFL. That's what that's what <laughs> well, we saw we also we saw earlier this year when the Chiefs played Buffalo. I mean the Chiefs played San Francisco, they blew out the 49ers. Mm. And and that was um you know, so I I think maybe the 49ers would be a little bit better right now, but I think the Chiefs also would be. Mm-hmm. So it's it's um I don't I I think Philadelphia is only a little bit better than uh Minnesota. And so and they were, you know, they almost lost to Indianapolis, although I guess you could say the Chiefs did lose to Indianapolis. But um what yeah. was your what, what was your what was your third bet? How did you end up? Um my third bet was actually the was that that was the Thursday night game, wasn't it? Yeah. Um was um I had Tennessee plus three at Green Bay. And uh, yeah, Tennessee won fairly handily um, by uh, 2017 was the final. So they, mm. covered, they covered that plus the the three point. Yeah, I, I, I was surprised that Tennessee was was um, an underdog. Was the, I would have was the underdog. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Tennessee. Should, yeah. Tennessee is a lot better than than Green Bay. Um, it's one of those. Yeah, not, I'm, I'm taking that to a that Tennessee. Um, into account. I'm betting on Tennessee again this uh, upcoming week. We'll talk about that in a second. Uh, but yeah. is there anything else? Is there anything else from week 11 that we want to discuss? I think that might be it. Is that? Do you have anything else? I I don't. Okay. Well, it's um. Should we shift gears then? Yeah. Talk just really yeah right really right after we stopped uh, recording last week's episode of the Morning Track Power Hour, the John Sherman announced that. The uh, you know in a letter from 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 John Sherman's office that uh, they're uh, signaling that the Royals are planning on moving downtown uh, with a two billion dollar planned um, area around the stadium stadium and in like a market market area around it I believe too um, I think that's we I think we talked about it, we thought that it was likely coming or is it surprising at all to you then that they made the announcement not surprising um it's maybe it's the timing maybe it's a little surprising but i think it seemed like that's what sherman has wanted and the royals mm. and for a, in, in a lot of ways i really wanted that for a while 
Although mm. I feel kind of bad because I think I think the I think Coffin Stadium is one of the great stadiums. I like I like being able to go out there and park and stuff like that. Uh, but it's not really it's it's a bit of an outlier, I guess, as far as major league stadiums. Most of them are played closer into downtown. Uh, mm. Kansas downtown is um, more much more thriving than it has been, you know, in the last couple of decades. So having a stadium down there, I think, would be good because you know it's it would bring a lot of kind of life to the city. Mm-hmm. Um, I think having a baseball stadium downtown is a lot different from having a, like an NFL stadium downtown because well. NFL stadiums are only used eight, 10 times a year, whereas baseball stadiums are going to be used 82 plus times a year. So almost, you know, one out of every three or four days, uh, there's going to be mm-hmm. a baseball game uh, at the stadium. So I think it makes sense there, but I think the, I think it's also kind of sad because I think Hoffman Stadium is such a nice stadium. Mm-hmm. And it's one of the oldest stadiums left and one of the few kind of mid-century modern stadiums that has lasted so it's, it's a little bit of a let's say bittersweet at, at best well i mean nothing's finalized yet mm-hmm. so there's doesn't mean that this is for sure happening but there's they've signaled that that's the intent at least anyway um they they still did not name a site uh so there's still you know an absurd amount of work left to be done to, <laughs> to make that actually happen uh in the time frame they have which is still um nine years away from when they would open so i think the contract runs through 2030 or 2031 so um you know there's still quite a bit of time left to figure out what's actually going to happen anyway but but if they want to open a stadium downtown they're going to have to start construction at least two years before it would open, I would think. Yeah. Uh, so it'd be be ready in time. And uh Kansas City winners can be brutal. Um I think maybe the most important thing really for for the for the stadium for like attendance reasons is that if it's downtown, the population center has really moved downtown. Uh the density of downtown has has grown a lot in the last decade. Uh I think I think they'll they should have more fans at you know random afternoon games uh if it's, if it's downtown i think too I yeah think you can always leave your office and go or if you live there you can i guess something that people in kansas city become used to is that is ample parking and mm. big parking lots and that's not going to be available i guess you might probably build but like right garages. now like basically no one could walk to the stadium from where they live if it's downtown and there's a lot of people that live downtown you don't actually need as many parking spaces because a lot of the people already live there. They could take transit there or just walk. Yeah, I think that's that's maybe the difference in in um, the at least the logic behind where the stadium can be and how much parking is required for for the stadium. That may be a detractor for for the team because I think they're used to making a lot of money off of parking. Parking, yeah, I think they get a lot of out of town visitors who drive in. From mm-hmm. central Kansas, from Nebraska, from Iowa, from you know Missouri, other parts of Missouri, and mm-hmm. those people driving in from far away are not going to be able to, you know, do that. And a lot of them probably I don't think, like. I think they still will. I think it's just that the very the very local people will. Um, they won't need to drive, so they won't. Uh, 
you know, if you can, if you can walk yeah. to the stadium. I mean, I would, yeah, I, 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 opportunity, I, I, I will gladly move downtown and walk to as many games as I can. Yeah. I don't see, I, I see it as a, I don't know if I see it as a, this is a big positive, but I don't see it as a big negative either. Um, but yeah, I, I guess you could also say, well, maybe, maybe that would allow the Chiefs to do something more with Arrowhead and, mm-hmm. um, have, you know, but I will miss having the stadium there. True. That's, that is for sure. I mean, that's the only stadium I've known. You know, yeah, here, it's been there. It was, yeah, it was constructed been, before either of us were born. So, mm-hmm. and um, it's, yeah. 50 years old now. Um, it'll be almost 60 years old by the time the new stadium gets there. So that's one of those things where, like, that's a pretty historic. Uh, it ends up being like the fifth oldest stadium, fourth oldest, something like that in the. Yeah, I think so. There's Wrigley and um, Fenway are the oldest. Mm-hmm. And then I think. I think the Dodger Stadium was built. Like Dodgers and Anaheim are about the same age mm-hmm. as uh, Hoffman. So I think maybe it's fourth or fifth. Thing. Yeah. On, I don't know if Ann, I think they, you know, so it's about that old. And Arrowhead is like that too. It's one of the oldest. Mm. NFL stadiums, maybe the third oldest. And some teams have had multiple stadiums since uh, Coffin yeah. was constructed. Like uh, um, Atlanta, right? They had a new stadium yeah. in '94. Yeah, for the, for the '96 Olympics. Yeah, yeah. yeah. '96, I guess. Yeah, and that and that's already been torn down, and they have a new stadium mm-hmm. now. So they're the third stadium since. Kaufman was constructed. Yeah. I guess you could say that probably is like maybe the same for about the same for like Pittsburgh and Cincinnati because they mm-hmm. had they built like in the early 70s about the same time as um you know they built Riverfront and uh you know uh Blue River Stadiums, all those in those kind of old stadiums, Bush old Bush Stadium, you know, the, the cookie yeah. cutter bowl stadiums, but right. It's it's I don't know, I I it's yeah, I miss I I don't like just tearing buildings down. That's and so I understand, yeah. But that's I the think way it will be good in the long run, but it, it will be, yeah, sad to see it go though. I think one thing I would also hope is that they didn't they wouldn't make it a smaller stadium because that seems to be the way things are going now. They're building fewer and fewer seats. Mm-hmm. And I, I I would like a oh, oh you're talking about the stands. I thought maybe you were gonna say about the, the if they're gonna make the park physically smaller so oh, they can hit more home runs. More home runs. Which, they, which maybe they will. I I mean, do you think you think yeah. they'll try to maintain the dimensions of the park? Because they haven't really mm-hmm. said anything about this yet, as far as I know. Yeah, I don't know. I like the dimension I do like the dimensions of, of this current stadium. Yeah. It was traditionally well, the size of the lot is what dictated how big the stadium was. Right. was and um you know it's that's not really now it's just kind of let's design it to be quirky and interesting rather than well we're doing what's necessary i kind of my park wasn't you know they didn't build the green monster because oh it's a, a fun little thing to have it's because well the street's right here and we can't do anything about it and right let's build the wall higher so we don't have home runs all the time yeah now it's like oh let's build a choo-choo train in the center field and uh <laughs> You know, have a little hill here for no reason, like in um, Houston. That they, Houston. They, got, they finally got rid of the hill. Yeah. But but still. Uh, well, the um, Cleveland Guardians, which is still hard to say, this seems weird. Uh, their park was built in the style of that, of the Fenway 
as if they were trying to fit it into something, but they didn't. But so it, it looks strange, like the dimensions of the outfielder are odd, but it's for no actual reason. Yeah. It's not not because the um, you know, the size of the lot or the shape of the lot. It's just that was they did it just to do it, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully they won't be doing that here. We'll see. I would we'll I would see. guess they're gonna they would try to maintain the field size and and hopefully the yeah the the um attendance levels hopefully will be the capacity should be similar i would i, would I hope I, yeah, they keep shrinking capacities all over I don't, I don't really like that i think it i think it's i guess they don't want empty seats a lot but i think it's also they want to charge people more for it yeah but i think if you want people to go to the games make it there and um and you yeah. know like especially when, if you think the team's going to make the playoffs, having a bigger stadium is an advantage and you make more money because there are more seats. Right. More people buying hot dogs, more people buying thing, you know, things to eat. And I think also maybe it's, I, I think just creating artificial scarcity. I, it, it's not mine. Like, like I, I do kind of like when Dallas built their new stadium for football, they made it really big. And right. Whereas like Arrowhead and it's the seats or the number of seats is being reduced with each successive renovation. It used to hold 78,000, now it holds only like 72,000. And, you know, part of that's because we're getting fatter and we need more room, but also because we're building more, more luxury seats and things like that. Whereas, you know. More the concourses like, had to be wider and stuff like that. I mean, some yeah. of that was, yeah. So they could sell more stuff they needed more room they ended up taking some seats yeah so they could sell more things more beer more more food yes yeah um, beer. yeah yeah what uh let's see what's up next what's on our list next we want to do a talk with the nfl next week yeah let's um go through our go through our picks i guess right our picks yeah we have, thanks, we have some Thanksgiving ga Day games coming up. Do you have anything to say about Thanksgiving? Oh, that's right. I, I, had a, I found a couple of trivia questions for you. All right, let's hear it. Let's see if you're. So the so the the Chiefs um, do not play on Thanksgiving, but they have played on Thanksgiving in the past. What do you think their record is on Thanksgiving Day? Um, I remember, I remember they hosted the Thanksgiving night game against Denver maybe one time recently. Like when they first started adding the third third Thanksgiving game, I think they hosted one against Denver. I think they won that one. I remember when, the last time they played was 2006, the last time they had a Thursday night game. Was it against Denver? It was against Denver. Here, yeah, you're right. Yeah. They won. They did win I, that one. I remember, Do you remember what the score was? Let's see how much you remember here, Mike. Uh, twenty-eight, seventeen. I don't know. Nineteen, ten. Nineteen to ten. Hey, I'm, no, yeah. well, that was the debut of Thursday Night Football, the show Thursday Night Football. Yeah, I knew that was the first um, oh. Thursday night. Besides the Detroit Dallas, they had for a while. I think in the old AFL days, the Chiefs hosted um, some Thanksgiving night. I remember only one other Thursday night game. Or Thursday day game, they played Dallas like in the 90s, I think on Thanksgiving, like the Steve Bono era or something like that. Maybe I think they lost that game. It was fairly, fairly close, but they lost. 
What year was that? The uh, so, yeah, that in front of you. Uh, you thought was it Chiefs against Chiefs Dallas? In Dallas, Chiefs played. Oh, they played in two years in a row, ninety five, ninety six. Once against Dallas, next year against Detroit. Oh, okay. Um, they did. They did lose to Dallas, twenty four, twelve. Thanksgiving ninety five. They beat the Lions 28-24-96. So I would guess so maybe the Chiefs have played seven or eight times on Thanksgiving total. And that's it. I don't know, about five hundred. I don't know. You're pretty you're very close. They have they have played a total of ten games Thanksgiving Day, and they are five hundred, exactly five and five. Okay, five and five. Okay. And then the second question here is there's exactly one team that has never played on Thanksgiving Day. Who is that team? Ooh, it's one of those more recent teams, I would guess. I, I'm inclined to say Houston, but you might think, oh, maybe they'll play Dallas on Thanksgiving. It might be a big Texas game or something. I don't know if you want anybody wants to see Jacksonville on Thanksgiving. So it's going to be like either Jacksonville, Carolina, or Houston, probably. And I guess Houston's the most recent, newest team. So let's just say Houston's the Well, if you said Jackson, Jacksonville, Houston, or Carolina, they have played, the three of those teams together have played three times on Thanksgiving. One of them has played zero, though. So you're, <laughs> you, are, you are, you you did pick um, three of the fewest appearing on Thursday night game, other uh, Thanksgiving Day games. There were two um, other teams that have appeared once or never. Two others appeared once or never? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So Tampa has only appeared once. The Ravens, and, maybe? And the Bengals have only appeared once. Oh, the Bengals, that's interesting. Okay. Um, because I guess an AFC team, it's not as it's not as difficult because it was because it's always been Dallas Ravens, and, Den- and Denver. So it's mostly going to be NFC teams playing on Thanksgiving. Yeah. Right. Yeah, the, the Ravens have appeared twice, but the team that has not appeared at all is, as you mentioned, Jacksonville. Is Jacksonville? Yeah. You Only active play. franchise to have never played on Thanksgiving. <laughs> Does that mean that there's a Thanksgiving, um, like, London game coming up? That would be interesting. I, I, it would go opposite the parade or something. They would have a 9.30 a.m. <laughs> I think that would be a great uh, game. But maybe you think, oh, you want Thanksgiving in America for the players or something. Right. And Thanksgiving in, in uh, London doesn't really make a lot of sense. But... Although you would although you would say, well, the players don't get to do much on Thanksgiving Day anyway, because yeah. But maybe you think, oh, the day after you'll have a long weekend and stuff they can kind of But we get, but that would be like um the US sharing uh a holiday with 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 England that they don't really celebrate Thanksgiving. So yeah. Be uh the, the, like the opposite of groups. Yeah. Um, yeah, but yeah, in yeah, which which team has played um the most games on Thanksgiving? I guess it's probably Detroit. It's one of two, right? Yeah, so. yeah. Detroit's been a long round of long around longer than Dallas, so I guess it's probably gonna be Detroit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's Detroit. By, yeah, quite a bit. Eighty-two games they played on Thanksgiving Day, apparently. Yeah. 
Do you think? Do you do you think Detroit should keep its thanks? Is it is it a team? Because it's usually it's been a losing team for the last sixty years. Let's say. Do you think Detroit has? Do you think they should keep their Thanksgiving Day tradition, or should it go to another team, or should it rotate? I'm not even going to discuss Dallas. I think they they seem like they have the tradition of playing on Thanksgiving, so it seems like it would be hard to take it away from them. But I think that may be part of why they added a third Thanksgiving Day game was maybe because the product is already diluted by having Detroit have one of the games. Um, but yeah, I mean, Dallas has always been a draw. That's a big deal for them, it seems like, too. So they've got one that people are America's team. Everybody loves Yeah, them. Dallas has a lot of clout. I, um, but you might say, well, why? Out, out of tradition, and, then, and then, yeah, then they get the, they added the third one, I guess, right? Just to make sure. Yeah, they... you might say, why does the NFC get to have two and the yeah. AFC none? And this year it's going to be three games, and they're all going to be at NFC stadiums. They're going to be because Minnesota is going to give its own. Thanksgiving yeah. Day game against against uh, which is the only game that seems like it's going to be competitive, at least according to the to the spread, um, mm-hmm. New England at Minnesota. Do you do you yeah. uh, this we have so two games are we have the we have the um, Giants at Dallas. Mm-hmm. Who's playing Detroit this year? Bills at lines is the early game. The Bills, I mean, the Bills are sticking around two weeks in a row in Detroit. That's right. Yeah. They, um, yeah, they didn't have to go back to Buffalo for like three days. <laughs> I don't know yeah. why they would stay. Um, do you, do you, Pats at Vikings is the. Did you bet game. any of those games? I did not pick any of these games. Did you, did you pick on any of those? No, I I thought I think, yeah, I. Yeah, I don't. I, I didn't pick any of them. I, I'm inclined to think the most likely team to cover the big spread is Dallas because that maybe against unless unless the Giants turn it around and say mm-hmm. it looks very good. And the Cowboys could, could, could have a little bit of a letdown. From that's true. Game, but it's but also Thursday. The Thursday games. The Thursday games sometimes are. Yeah, but they always play on Thanksgiving, and they're used to that. I think they're unlike other teams. I could see Detroit keeping it a little closer, but and I have no that, idea that game. I mean, all of those games could get out of hand. Yeah, I could see, easily. I could see New England getting trounced, or I could see it being a close game. New England's are they favored? Um, no, they're favored by two and a half. Two and a half. Yeah, I would. I still think New England's a better team with Zappy, but um, yeah, I, I wouldn't. I, mean, I, I just wanted to stay away from those games. Um, another game I wanted to stay away from was the Chiefs. Mm, big game. spread in that one. Big spread, 14 and a half against, we don't know what quarterback they're going to have for the, Ram, for the Rams. They might be one of three. It might be Stafford if he's not concussed. Might be Wolford if his neck is okay. That might be Bryce Perkins, the relatively unknown uh, quarterback. Do you think the Chiefs? Did you bet? Do you think the Chiefs will cover, or did you? What? Where are you leaning on that one? I think they don't necessarily cover all that many games spreads. They do sometimes. I think they're about 50-50, I think on the season for covering. I this is a big one though. I don't. I would. I think they're going to win. Right. I don't think they'll cover the spread. Is my my prediction. 
but I'm not betting on this one. So I don't, I don't trust it enough to, to actually make a bet on this one. How about, how about you? Yeah. I, if I had to pick, I would say they would cover. Really? But it's, it's a big, it's a lot of points. I don't see, I guess I just don't see the Rams scoring very many points. Yeah. But maybe if Stafford plays, they're a little bit better, but they have, they don't have Cooper Cup. They don't, Seems like right. they, don't have any run, they don't have any running backs anymore. They've came because mm-hmm. it's gone. Daryl Henderson now it's gone. I don't know who they're I just don't know who's gonna play uh for the Rams. They've been so banged up and they're they just mortgaged their, their entire future on the Super Bowl last year and they're so lucky they won the Super Bowl because mm-hmm. they think if they didn't make it. I think I think maybe Sean McVay would be almost out of a job given how bad they've been this year. So um yeah, I, so I, I would say Eileen, Kansas City in the spread, but it's too much for me to want to go one way or the other. And it's yeah. also, it's, it, and if I thought it was too many points, I would say maybe the Rams would cover, but I'm not sure the Rams would cover either. So I, that's why I just want to clear that. Um, instead, I bet on some other uh, other games. You want any, to talk other about lopsided, our... any other lopsided spreads that you are purposely staying away from them, like, like Dolphins, Texans? Yeah, I think, in some ways, I think the Dolphins might cover, but I still don't think the Dolphins are that good. I don't know why. I just don't. Um, maybe it's because I don't think of much of Tua. But, um, yeah, I'm staying away from that one. And I'm staying away from, I guess it's not as big as, it's not as big a spread. Uh, but the Eagles home against the Packers, favored by seven. Mm-hmm. Of the big spreads, maybe the 49ers over the Saints, I think, could cover. But that's the one I would do the most. But uh, uh, most of the other ones that I bet on were actually pretty close spreads this week. Yeah. How about that's you? What's, I'm going I'm going to go to one of the relatively larger spreads, but not uh... – not the big, the, the biggest spreads, at least anyway. Okay, what's that one? Um, yeah, so my, my first pick up, I actually am going to go with San Francisco. Um, yeah, minus nine at home against the Saints. So I think that, uh, yeah, San Francisco is, I think they're probably on a roll right now. And and uh, I don't think the Saints are going to put up much of a fight, is my, is my, is my guess. So... I think I think the San Francisco covers on that one. Yeah, I, that's the way I would lean too. I think the both running and passing are clicking for the 49ers. I think they have a pretty good defense, especially against teams that don't have great quarterbacks. They have a pretty good defense, and it's hard to say who New Orleans's quarterback is right now. If it's Winston or if it's um, Andy Dalton, and yeah, I could I could see that game getting out of hand, but also I could see well maybe San Francisco is not. I don't know, they, they really rolled against the uh, Cardinals. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, maybe their offense isn't that high power. Maybe, maybe uh, you know, maybe they just win 24-17 or something like that even. Like maybe yeah. uh, they had 24-10 and then a late touchdown would cover. But I, I, I still, if I had if I had to pick one side, I would take San Francisco. Um, what's, what's your first pick? Uh, my first pick is um, kind of going back to where you were, because I think the Titans are undervalued. Uh, the mm-hmm. Titans were 
uh, three-point underdogs at Green Bay. Uh, they are also underdogs at home against Cincinnati this week, minus one and a half. I think the Bengals are good, but I think the Titans are just as good or better. And it's at Nashville. The Titans are coming off almost, you know, a long week. Uh, they played on Thursday, so they've got a 10-day, kind of a 10-day mini-buy uh, going. The Bengals had a tough division game. I So I like I like the, you know, I think the Bengals could win, but I like the, I think the Titans more likely to win. And getting one and a half, it's a little better than a coin flip. You know, it's a little better than Pickham. So I think mm. um well, I like think Mar Chase is still out. I think Chase is still probably gonna be out. He, he's questionable. But if he's he back, he's, back pro- he's probably yeah, not gonna be hundred percent. So he's like he hasn't played since week seven, I think is what it... Yeah. So it's and like, I think Tannehill is getting into a little bit of a groove now that he's mm-hmm. back. And so yeah, I like the Titans. Um at plus one and a half. I don't know if they will win, but I think it's a good good chance that they will. That they lose by only one or mm-hmm. tie or, or tie. Yeah. Yes. The dreaded It's like tie. it's a little it's a little like the roulette uh odds where you know you think if it's like it's kind of like I'm getting not only red, but also this is the zero and double zero. Yeah. <laughs> so you might as well bet on that side rather than I'm sure. Yeah. And I think the Titans are undervalued in general by betters. So they aren't they aren't flashy, they aren't fun. And the Bengals are. So let's go Titans there. All right. Let's see my second pick. I went to the Ravens Jaguars game. Ball. Baltimore is favored by four points, and I, I think they're going to cover the spread on that one too. Um, yeah, it seems like Baltimore's not been playing great, um, but they've been winning for the most part. They won a pretty close game uh, late this most recent week. Um, but I think they'll East Carolina. Yeah, they've been seemingly performing better on the road than they have at home. And this is another road game, so um, yeah, I think I think they're uh, I think they'll end up covering that one. Yeah, and I think their defense is getting better, and if they hold the Jaguars to, I think they can score enough. So I I would yeah, I, they're favored by four on the road. You never know what's going to happen. I don't think the Jag I don't think the Jaguars are that bad, but mm. um, it's one of those yeah. It's if I had to guess a side, maybe I would do Baltimore. I I like picking home underdogs, but. I don't know how much I like the Jags. So the Ravens have only lost one game on the road this year. Mm-hmm. And that was against the Bills. I, I think I think that's a decent, I think that's a decent spot the Ravens. Yeah. How about your second pick? I I'm staying in the southeast. And this is the Broncos at Panthers. The Broncos are actually favored by two and a half in Carolina. I'm not going to bet on the spread. However, uh, I'm looking at the over-under line, which is right now is a pathetic 35. And I still think that they're going to be under that. I think the Panthers, we don't know who their quarterback is going to be. It might be um, Sam Darnold. Uh, 
It might be P.J. Walker. It might be Baker Mayfield. So the Panthers only managed 13 against um, the Ravens. Maybe they'll get 13 against Broncos. But if they get, I don't, I don't yeah, think the Broncos those, only had three, right? In the... Oh yeah, they only managed three against the Ravens. So yeah. maybe even if they get 13 against the Broncos, the Broncos would have to score 20. Mm. but the um, but the bills offense is typically pretty decent they only allowed 13 points also right so it's not yeah. like um those that game got out of hand yeah the panthers have a pretty good defense yeah i could see it as a 14 10 game something like that and so yeah the Broncos would be offense well is, under the 35 right yeah broncos think are 32nd in scoring and the panthers aren't much better so i think yeah, I think that could be under, even though it's getting it's so low. They they want you to take the over, but I'm gonna take the under. Just I think I it's I have yeah I I I think yeah I I just don't I just don't think I don't see where the points are coming from in that game. So given that it's like I in if this has been a, if this said the line had been put up a year ago, you know you think okay the Broncos have Russell Wilson. They have some good receivers. The Panthers have kind of an exciting offense with Matt Rule and as the court, you know. But yeah, no, mm-hmm. this is this is a this is going to be an ugly, ugly game, I think. And so I'm 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 rooting for ugliness, and I'm rooting for the under here. What what is pretty amazing is um, Denver is the worst team in the league at, co- at covering the over. <laughs> only they've only hit the over once this season in ten games. And uh, Carolina is in the bottom third, also at at the end. So that that seems like a pretty safe bet, actually. And a comically low thirty-five <laughs> total points is. Yeah, let's 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 hope the under comes through for me then. Yeah. How about your third bet? Uh, my third bet. Um, I I think that um, the Cardinals are probably about done. Is my expectation. Uh, I guess a couple of their coaches got uh, fired after some incident. They have not explained what the incident was, but uh, yeah. on the way back from um, from the Mexico City game, um, I'm not expecting a whole lot out of them. Uh, Chargers are favored at Arizona by four and a half, and uh, I think the Chargers are going to you know try to bounce back from the Chiefs' loss. And it seems like to me Arizona is in a bit of you know trouble. I think for their season, they may be writing off the rest of the year. Yeah. There may be firings to come, uh, but maybe even before the year's over. Uh, I expect the Chargers to to win that game pretty handily. Yeah, the Chargers are fighting for a playoff spot. They've lost the last two weeks, but they've lost to two pretty good teams mm-hmm. in pretty close games, the 49ers and the Chiefs. So I think, yeah, I think this is a game where it seems like maybe the – we don't know who the quarterback's going to be for um, the Cardinals. Maybe it'll be McCoy again. It could be a – injured Kyle, Kyle Murray returning either way I think the Chargers are a better team and I think like you said I think I think this is about the time where the Cardinals are kind of you know they always do poorly at the end of the season anyway especially under Kingsbury mm. um I think this might be the time where they just kind of roll over and especially given that the last game against um the 49ers they got blown out so I yeah I I would that was this is one of the games I was looking at too when I was looking at the, the Chargers so that's I think I think that's a solid bet, which maybe is the kiss of death. Now I'm worried, and I think I should flip it. <laughs> no, not going to. 
What about what's your third pick? My third pick, um, I am sticking, or or um, I am I'm sticking on the Steelers game, but I'm betting against the Steelers this year, this week. Uh, Steelers are on the road at the Colts on Monday night. The Colts mm-hmm. are favored by two and a half points. I think the Colts are still they, they played they played well in their two games under Jeff Saturday. I don't know if this is Jeff Saturday or if this is just having Matt Ryan back as quarterback and having Jonathan Taylor back as non-injured running back. But I think the Colts are a pretty decent team. And mm-hmm. the, the Steelers are rebuilding this year. And the Colts are only favored by two and a half, uh, which would mean kind of they'd be seen as even on a neutral field. I think I think the Colts will win this game by more than a field goal. And um, so, yeah, I like the Colts. Oh, that's actually the Monday night game too, isn't it? Monday night game, yeah. Well, yeah, at in at Indy, also. So it's... Yeah. And the Colts are my daughter Marie's favorite team because she uh, identifies so much with horses, so she likes the Colts oh. the best. <laughs> she also oh. likes the Broncos, but she likes the Colts. It's all all of the horse based teams. Yes. <laughs> The Phillies so are she, favorite. She's, she's wearing a. Do you do you allow her to wear a Broncos gear, or be like? A, she doesn't have any Broncos. I, I, I might get her a Colts shirt for Christmas. <laughs> yes, but no Broncos stuff. No, probably not any Broncos. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I wouldn't discourage her from rooting for whatever team she wanted. Uh, yeah. yeah. So her her baseball team right now is the Phillies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, they, I told her they didn't have any horse pictures or anything like that that they have, but um, yeah, so those are her teams. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, so I'm picking the Colts for Marie. All right, there you go. That pretty much guarantees it's going to be a win, then I think. Yeah. <laughs> right? And they used to be in Baltimore and she lives in Maryland, so um, yeah, there you go. Yeah. All right. Do we have any any other games we want to talk about? Um, I think yeah, I think maybe one of the more interesting games from the week, maybe the Sunday night game though, the uh, Packers at Eagles, I think may have some pretty big implications for the for possibilities for the season. Then that, well, if the Eagles or the Packers be, want to keep their playoff hopes alive, basically, yeah. we need to keep about. so they need to beat the Eagles. It could be the end for the Packers. It could signal the end for the Phillies for for Philly if they don't um, if they don't play well. Yeah, they could, they, they could lose a bunch of games if they're not careful. That's what it really comes down to. I think so too, but I, I, I think in some ways it seems like the Packers are in worse shape. Like even in worse, like relatively, oh, sure. even like the Eagles are maybe were in danger of losing a few in a row. But I think the Packers already lost several. They've lost yeah. like six out of the last seven or something, and they had that little bounce back against the Cowboys, but on the road in Philly. I don't know. I guess unless somehow Rogers has a, you know, kind of come, you know, like a rebirth. I, I don't see, I don't see yeah. it happening. I would say Philly um, is going to win, but I kind of, I would kind of like to see some chaos if, uh, if the Packers would win. I don't want uh, Rogers, especially given his um, kind of COVID denialism and overall douchiness. Lately, but lately, 
more so lately, I think, because he doesn't seem to like, like, none of his teammates like him anymore, and he's just sort yeah. of, he doesn't, you know, but um, I would kind of like to see Philadelphia being knocked down a peg, too, because I don't think they're as good as the record indicates, so, um, yeah, I think that's an interesting game. Yeah. Well, I guess we didn't actually say what our uh, where the current standings are in our betting competition. Oh yeah, I, you took you retook the lead, I believe. Yeah, two and one. I was two. I was one and two. You were two and one. Yeah. So yeah, overall you're you're now fifteen and eighteen, minus three hundred on the season. Mm-hmm. Or how does that work out? Three hundred divided by eleven. Twenty. I'm about twenty-seven dollars. Over there, yeah, and I'm yeah. I'm uh, 15, 17, and one. This is the one push from a couple weeks ago. I'm minus two hundred dollars, or minus about eighteen dollars, eighteen dollars, eighteen dollars a week. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the slow march towards mediocrity, Mike. Yeah, yeah, we're both getting there. I think. I think yeah. we're. I wouldn't be surprised if if both of us were above five hundred at the season's end. I think we yeah. have. I don't know. I think we are s- at least kind of approaching the mean uh, i think so yeah i think it was we hit like a a low point uh was that about week six or so that was six and twelve at week six yeah you were were seven and eleven then and we're both better than that now so i was only two and seven after week uh, after week three Yeah, there was some pretty uh we had a rough start and then we had a couple of bad weeks. Four, four to eleven through week five. You've yeah. really come along. Your system is is really starting to pay off. It's improved, yes. Patented yeah. scaff system. Yes. I guess so, we'll yeah. see what next week holds. Are we ready to sign off? I think so. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see who wins uh our our, our bets next next week but we have a, a fun uh week this week i think all 32 teams are playing for the first time in a while so no buys we have three thanksgiving games a full slate of sunday games do we have a thanks do we have a friday night game uh this week is there a thanksgiving day after thanksgiving uh, there's not no black friday game. game no black friday game that would have been fun too um yeah but anyway we'll have we'll have a lot of the other games so that's a commerce day, Mike. We can't uh, we can't have football and sales on the same day. That's too much to ask. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, maybe maybe one of these years we'll have a we'll have a Black Friday game. Yeah. But uh, this year, at least, we have three Thanksgiving games to look forward to, many Sunday games, a Monday night game, and I have wish everybody a happy uh, Thanksgiving. It's not one of my favorite holidays, but it's. So it's a lot of people's favorite holiday. I'm, I'm, I'm indifferent to Thanksgiving. It comes at a weird time. It comes. It's only a month before Christmas. Most people eat the same food that they have on Christmas. Most people see the same people they're going to see on Christmas. Yeah. And it just seems like oh, it's as an academic, it comes at the wrong time of the semester. And as a student, you know, it's like towards the end, you you really have a lot of work to do. Another few days, and then it's just like you got to see. I'm a little bit of a Scrooge for Thanksgiving. But anyway, even if you, if you aren't, I still wish you a happy Thanksgiving. And I wish you good luck in your uh in your in your betting if you make if you make bets or if you're your rooting interests. 
And we'll see you uh, again next week. As always, I am Dr. Michael Warman. He is Dr. Andrew Scaff. We are the Warning Track Power Hour. Please like and or subscribe to our many uh, available delivery options, whether it's on uh, one of your podcasts that you like or on our YouTube channel. And until next week, good day. <laughs>